On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 109 for the 11th of June 2009. Hi there, Ian. How's it going? It's going very well, James. We're, we're on a virtual couch today, separated Indeed. by uh, some distance, but nevertheless, it's uh, good to be on the couch with you. And it's an all-new couch, as well. Certainly the intro music's new, so we, we hope. Yeah, well, now that we've, given that we're recording this before I've got the music done, I'm going to have to do the music Exactly. Now, so. No pressure. <laughs> um, but here we are. It's not just about the music. In fact, it's not much about music at all. What do we normally Indeed. talk about here? Well, we normally talk about all sorts of goings-on in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology, covering... Business news, technology news, content delivery. Mobile news. Uh, sometimes there's even some gaming stuff and then anything mm-hmm. weird and wacky that we've found or seen or surfed. So, Indeed. Um, as usual, episode 109, we have an action-packed agenda for you. It is a cracker of an episode in terms of quantity, number of interesting Indeed. stories. And we try and keep it a half an hour. So uh, do let us know if we're rabbiting on. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yes, please let us know. So, Ian... We were just talking a little bit beforehand, but we should start blathering now. Um, mm. In the UK, uh, Satanta on the ropes is the headline. What's all that about? Well, the uh, content, I think I, I think they're a content provider more than anything else, but Satanta have an offering, uh, especially in the UK, in terms of some of the Premier League games available, yeah. uh, not on Sky, they have to be on Satanta, and it looks like they're struggling to keep their head above water at the moment. Yeah. Well, essentially, they, I think what they did is they overcommitted to... I mean, they needed to get something like 3 million subscribers to pay for mm-hmm. the... or to make money on the content they'd bought. And it's not just football. There's also rugby and golf and some um, Indian Premier League cricket, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, but basically, they, I think they only got about two-thirds of that. Mm-hmm. So they're in a position where they've had to default on some payments. Right, and I heard today that they're now no longer taking new subscriptions, mm-hmm. um, which is probably kind of not only bad news for the subscribers, but also bad news for the the sports involved as well. Mm-hmm. Because you know we know I mean I've heard things like um, the famous Liverpool Football Club is in trouble financially as well. They've got to refinance a couple of, several hundred million pounds of loans, yeah. and they rely on. I guess, monthly payments from people mm. like Satanta. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm not sure this is a victim of the credit crunch, more of a kind of aggressive business model that didn't really push through. Um, mm. uh, I mean, Satanta were the first people ever to be able to pry the um, some of the football rights away from Sky. Um, well, I'm not so sure about that. I think Sky have always had some some others offering it, whether it's the terrestrial, I mean, even now from a pay TV perspective, maybe, but mm-hmm. from a, you know, obviously the the commercial TV stations still get some, some programs. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it doesn't look good for them. And that's obviously going to affect um, people uh, who are in the uh, top up business, the terrestrial mm-hmm. guys, anyone who's mm-hmm. reselling Satanta as a main offering, which is mm-hmm. again in the, you know, we don't want to make this a, a UK pay TV episode, but uh, you know, basically, if you're not Sky, the only thing you've got to entice people to your platform is going to be the Satanta content. So, yeah. 
and uh, understand that uh, I think BT Vision were offering it in offering Satanta as well, and they've uh, yeah, I think it was a free. You got it free if you took any of their packages or something. All right. So, th- but that's four hundred k for five hundred k um people so yeah and they didn't and it was a real kind of what i'd refer to like a patchwork quilt of mm-hmm. rights for matches so you can say i've got satanta therefore i've got this match you'd have to sort of go and consult the book and say oh okay maybe yeah, right. they, maybe they have when you want to know right yeah it's like midweek games on played on the left foot for people <laughs> in the north of the country or something <laughs> right um okay. something like that anyway shows how much I know about it um, so well I hope that works out and it doesn't mm. you know cause a landslide of problems for um, TV enjoyment worldwide so mm, indeed what else is happening well you know, it's a brief story about uh, I mean you we know of course that open TV uh, a large portion of open TV got put out by Kodelsky yeah it's like a controlling vote isn't it but not the majority of the shares correct it's 32% they have at the moment and Discovery Group who I don't know if that's related to the other Discovery Group. I don't think so. But uh, they're the largest independent shareholder of mm. Open TV, and they've sent a letter to the board of directors proposing that Open TV purchase back uh, the 32% from Kodelsky uh, because Open TV happen to have over $100 million of cash at the moment. Mm. And I think Discovery's worry is that Kodelsky is actually using Open TV as a bit of a cash cow and pulling all the cash out of it in order to fund other Kodelsky uh, enterprises. Mm. Like those car park machines. <laughs> car park machines? Is yeah. that what they do as well? Really? Yeah, they do oh. car park, uh, ski data. You might have seen it, actually. If in, mm-hmm. Certainly if you're in the US, all the car parks have mm-hmm. got ski data parking machines. Well, there you go. Um, I had no idea. And they use it, obviously, for ski lifts and stuff like that. So um, I think they make hi-fis as well. Quite a uh, diverse conglomerate, Kudelski. Indeed, indeed. Um, there you go. But yeah, so that's a bit of a weird one there, where mm. they're saying, that I think they vetoed the complete buyout at 135. I don't know what Open mm-hmm. TV's trading at at the moment, but uh, they suggested that Open TV use its own cash to buy Kudelski back out. Mm. That way Kudelski would get half the cash anyway and Open TV would be self-determining. So mm. that would be a really bizarre kind of reverse if it happens. <laughs> reverse but, takeover. <laughs> but I think as Kudelski's, I think, chairman of the board of Open TV, it's probably not going to happen. So mm, exactly. Watch this space, everyone. We're excited. And moving on to technology, we have uh, uh, some interesting news in terms of the deployment of Uverse. In what is Uverse? Never heard of it. Oh, surely everyone knows what Uverse is. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the next generation VDSL IPTV service from AT&T. That's right. And uh, AT&T worth seen as quite a bit of a threat. Obviously, they're, they're a very... Um, this is the uh, competition to Verizon's Fios stuff, is it? Correct. Yeah. So VDSL is how many megabits? Is it like... 20 megabits? Mm, I don't know, plenty, but it's, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's deployed via fiber uh, and VDSL is there's the fiber to the, to the hub and then there's, there's mm-hmm. VDSL from the hub, the DSLAM, mm-hmm. I guess. That means upgrading all the DSLAMs. I think BT said they were going to do this in the UK as well, upgrade everyone to 20 megabits on nice. a case-by-case basis. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess that means they have to go and upgrade DSLAMs. Which, which costs money, so if there's a recession, you're going to slow down. Indeed, and this is yeah. would be what uh, AT&T have done, they're slowing yeah. down their deployment. They were pegged to have passed 11 million homes in 2009, but it's, uh, it looks like they'll only get to about half that. Uh, okay, so I guess they've gone for, um, like they've just cut the capex on new spend on D-slams. Yeah, right? exactly. Now, Pretty this much. is, uh, Uverse has always, has always been seen as a, an interesting case because it's IPTV, 
Um, the problem with IPTV, as you know, is trying to get enough bandwidth down the line to do yeah. a couple of HD channels. Uh, Are they even offering that much? I mean, I don't know what the service offering is, I must say. Uh, if anyone, any of the listeners have got Uverse and want mm, to give us rant a, or rave, do uh, <laughs> let us know. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. But uh, I guess they're competing with Fios and cable and satellite for mm, IPTV. Mm. Um, and uh, it's always difficult with IPTV to get, because uh, in the US specifically, they, have, they tend to have a lot of televisions in the home. Uh, yes. Maybe one HD oh, set. Oh, the need for two, yeah. At least at two. least two, sometimes three, four, five, six SD yeah. sets around the place. And that's the trouble, uh, isn't it? And that's, mm. uh, that's hard when you're trying to do all those different video services over, over one. Yeah, unless you start providing additional wow. twisted pairs to the home, which just doesn't work mm. out very well, it's I guess. It's hard work, um, isn't it? I guess in satellite, it's a bit easier because you just do a kind of an octo LMB or something. In cable, you just yeah, simply split the cable, so. Exactly. Um Interesting. Interesting. Please. And uh, an update on uh, e-paper we've been following in terms of reading e-books. Samsung yeah. Come out of with... Uh, Have you had a look at any of the new e-books recently? I had a look at the Sony one, um, this literary festival thing I went to. It looked quite mm-hmm. good, actually, but it's still... I didn't like the way it kind of went to black in between. It was like an old etch sketch yeah, it's not... It's not, not yeah. uh, I mean, you, get, you do actually get used to it. I've got the Sony one, actually... And bailed up someone when I was in the US last week who was mm-hmm. uh, reading the new Amazon Kindle. Uh-huh. Uh, we, were, we were all waiting in a line for pizza and uh, she had her <laughs> Kindle out reading a book. And so the airport, well, <laughs> This is just at a pizza place. So, really? Okay. So, well, you happen to have the Amazon new Kindle, is that right? And she reckoned it was fantastic because you could just uh, walk past a bookstore, see a book you like, uh, book you like and uh, could purchase it from the unit itself. So... That's pretty uh, good. Actually, yeah. Whereas I guess with the oh the Sony one, you say oh I have to go into a shop yep, <laughs> called Waterstones, only available in the UK, <laughs> and I have to download it on a computer, and then I have to synchronize yeah, it. And you can never find the books that you're after. She so gave you that you're from the Dark Ages look. <laughs> yeah, she seemed to give the impression that you could get any book you wanted. Which with Amazon, you would kind of hope that you know they'd have the whole book industry covered. You know, so well I guess any book you want if you see in a shop window because it's likely to be not the long tail, so it's going to be available, right. isn't it? If you if you true. went in and for an obscure one on the on the back yeah, shelf, true, probably but not. But. I can't say that you know uh, every book I've most books I've looked for on the Waterstones one for the Sony mm. e-reader, uh, it, it isn't there. So okay, because yeah. I'm a I'm a subscriber to the audiobook stuff from Audible, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, also owned by Amazon. Funnily enough. Um, I always found with that I had the same problem that some books were available in the US but yeah and I've I've kind of got a US account Ah, but they know I'm based in the UK so sometimes I can't get the books but (laughs) so I was and also the annoying thing is I get the Wall Street Journal daily but by daily it means I get it at five o'clock in the afternoon in the UK which isn't particularly useful Um, and I've been looking to see if I can move my account over to the UK Uh Uh, and essentially you can't but what I did say is if I cancel my account, what happens? And they said, oh, mm-hmm. you know, if you cancel your account, basically you can't buy any more books, but mm-hmm. you can still have access to all the books you've already got and continue to download them. So you keep your login. Mm. Fine. But that's, which I think it's really cool, actually. I was thinking mm, they'd say, no, rude. tough, don't pay any more. You can't get your books anymore. Yeah, no books for you. Um, so I thought that which, was quite uh, cool. <laughs> off on a slide aside here, uh, there's a... We never uh, do that, do we? This <laughs> is an example of the, this sort of problem I have a... Uh, particular piece of music software at home uh-huh. and the company that uh, was was selling it um, has decided to discontinue it right and uh, when my uh, computer died I got a new computer and reinstalled it and I've just got it up and running last night only to find that I can't get the license for it because it's an online registration and there's no online registration anymore so 
all the software and the samples and stuff are all gone in the bin. So, uh, all right, I, so I, we're I, not going to have new theme tunes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just have to have different wacky sounds instead. Um, so, you know, the, the whole concept of um, uh, having these companies around long enough for you to actually uh, continue to use the stuff that you bought is a, is a real issue. But they're de-supporting it. doesn't mean, I'm sure you can get that back. You just have to call mm. them and say, look, computer crash, what do I do? Yeah, but there's no one to call. They've gone. No, not they've just gone belly up and anymore. died. Yeah, they've discontinued. They've sold the sold the assets off, and the company that bought the assets have said, "Yeah, we'll uh, resell this program, but any support calls from anyone else who hasn't bought it from us can uh, good luck Whistle. with that." Yeah. That's terrible. Anyway, so meanwhile, back, to, back, back on, to the on color e ink. Right, this is um, Samsung this is, uh, showing a yeah. video video capable color e, but they haven't just gone for mm. color; they've gone for video mm. capable. Mm. Now it's a it's similar to LCD. They reckon it's coloristic liquid crystal uh, technology. Cola with a CH as in cholesterol. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. It is, yeah. Uh, I mean, you think, well, isn't it just an LCD screen? Well, I mean, the thing that makes it e-paper or e-ink or whatever oh, you want to call it is. it is the fact that it persists after you turn Take the power off. Right, okay. So you don't have to power it. You still have the image there. Uh, and that's, you know, the kind of, that's what makes it um, plausible. So presumably if it's color, it must sort of reflect the color somehow because most well, yeah, without look. backlits. Yeah, it must yeah. be reflective. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I can't imagine that the colours are particularly bright or anything. And cool. another group, Pixel Chi, I guess, has also demoed colour paper. And in the show cool. notes, there's a, there's a picture of someone flexibly flexing it. Mm. So that's it says Samsung data, but the picture's got Fujitsu written all over it. Hmm, tricky. <laughs> so <laughs> what does that mean? Um, yeah. Maybe it's a collaboration. Mm. All these things are often yes. collaborations because it's a real sort of patent or patent pool fun isn't mm-hmm. it but i think that's pretty cool and um yeah i think they'd be great to have uh, color that would make a big difference well i mean for book reading it's a bit irrelevant really isn't it but mm-hmm. it's, I it's guess suddenly right. you try and make it to do everything but uh, hmm interesting cool. if they can get rid of that point where you have to flash to black before you get to the next page that's a good yeah. thing flash to green instead you could do that, <laughs> could you? So, uh, yeah. james you you seem to keep up with what's happening in 3d yeah can you tell us about what's going on yeah i mean US? we've we've both recently done a couple of trips to the us which is why we didn't do this episode last week mm-hmm. um and there's been a survey from the npd group in the us which came out this week saying that uh, mm-hmm. consumers about 17 percent of them um would be interested in watching 3D movies at home, uh, which is suggesting, mm-hmm. you know, unsurprisingly, people might want to upgrade their home stuff. Um, right. And it says it mentions this box office hit up. And I don't know if you saw any uh, movie theater queues when you were in the US, but I was in LA and mm-hmm. the queues for up were going like round the corner. And wow. the movie theaters, this was in Santa Monica, and they mm-hmm. actually charge uh, more money for 3D. Wow. So not only can they charge more money, it's popular, yeah. but you can't pirate it. So, well, that's, so it, so it seems you know, like a winner to me. Yeah, or harder to pirate. So yeah, it looks like a woohoo, fantastico. Um, but mm. basically this survey is saying how people would like to watch it on DVD, online or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And also I got to go to Universal Studios, which I've been to before, but not for I don't know, 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much all of the, I went on the news, there's a Simpsons ride there. Uh, which is new. There's a Shrek 4D ride and all of them have got, and there's a, a Terminator one as well. And it's mm. more of a live action thingy. Um, but they've all got 3D effects going on in them. 
Um, cool. And it's, I would say it's even 4D because they're not just showing you 3D. They're going the extra bit and they're sort of spraying water in your face or <laughs> blowing hair up your trouser legs or something. <laughs> blowing not hair, <laughs> blowing, uh, blowing, <laughs> blowing um, air. I should Doesn't say air. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to simulate spiders crawling all over your legs. Um, but it's very good. Very, um, very entertaining. But it shows you, you if that's kind of like the leading edge of where mm-hmm. entertainment is. And you think you know, there the clearly is you know 3d is where it, where it is going and people mm-hmm. i think someone said it's like you know attending a, a marx brothers conference because everyone's wearing their funny specs so roll on <laughs> the oakley boys bringing out some trendy shades that you can wear indeed so, indeed um, like the switch and go 3d yeah the imagine. simpsons one was quite funny because they said oh you've got to put on your safety glasses <laughs> because homer hasn't built this very well or something <laughs> uh, it was, right. uh, yeah it was, it was good um, but yeah so I think the 3D at home of course we'd all want it you know fantastic mm. but that's because mm. once we've all bought HD we'll go oh no I have to trash my TV and move another yep, one so. buy a new one yep so um, meanwhile still in the Your US TV. indeed um, it looks like uh, they delayed yeah. it in February but this time mm. it's for real so they say and and I'm, I'm just waiting for the US to wake up and tell me that the sky's fallen because uh, although this story we've got is dated June 3 yeah. uh, it's June 12 which is uh, the day we're recording this that, I uh, thought it was the, the 11th US. today. Uh, is it the 11th? Yes. Okay, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow, when, <laughs> when the podcast might come out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, the analog switch off is actually happening yeah. and uh, 125 markets have taken part in a, a soft test right. in which they interrupt their regular program on the analog. Well, to be honest, they all had to start broadcasting, simulcasting well, yeah, exactly. back in February, didn't yeah. they? There was no choice. So... So that's gone. I heard that LG was giving away um, they don't call them digital TV adapters, as they call them in the US, mm-hmm. in some territories to raise awareness in, in the more the dodgy areas where they thought people, I guess, in the in the hicks or something. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, let's if you're if you're in the US, um, does your analog TV work today or not? Well, that's, I guess uh, they'll just be slow. <laughs> And and has you know will there be a sudden boost to the figures from the you know the cable companies or the uh, um, you know the the satellite guys or indeed the IPTV guys these days will there be a sudden rush? People say, oh, if I'm buying a new TV, I might as well do this. Uh, I certainly yeah, know I the mean, set-top box guys weren't very interested in the market because it is just mm, so saturated. Yeah, already. and almost you know, there's no margin to be made. So mm. I mean, I think uh, I mean they reckon that three million US households are probably not ready for it. Uh, but I, to be honest, you know, cable is so pervasive in the US and yeah. pay TV generally that I, you know, the people I, won't I notice. can't even imagine yeah, that there'll be much of a Some fuss. of the little cable yeah. head-ends will forget to put an in, a converter box in and it'll go dark. That's probably the, yeah. <laughs> That's probably what'll happen. Um, so yeah, let's wait and see. And hopefully that means the US can um, get loads of cash from the people who are buying the spectrum that was is freed up from it and uh, mm-hmm. help to, uh, to fuel the deficit, which is obviously... Absolutely. Um, We shall see. Um, What else is going on? Um, What's this half minute media thing? Oh, this was quite funny. This is apparently they do this in Australia. Your your hometown, I should Mm -hmm. say. Um, This is a company which is essentially putting a custom kind of PVR or maybe it's a computer, Mm -hmm. probably a computer, I'd imagine, into sports and pubs and clubs venues, Mm -hmm. and it's basically delaying the. Uh, slowly delaying or, or playing back the video uh, a few seconds late mm-hmm. of sports channels and stuff. And when they go to advertising, it re- receives a trigger from home base over the internet saying, hey, the advert's coming up, swap it. 
because mm-hmm. they, they do some pattern recognition on the video back in their control uh, center right, and swap out the ads for local ads, which strikes me as being quasi-legal yeah. at best. But, um, well, I don't know. What's what, I mean, that, that's the equivalent of stopping the TV and putting something else on. I guess that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, but I think that's what they're saying. It's like changing sound. channel. There's no, yeah. no, what's the difference? You could be changing channel, except you're doing it in a in a place with more eyeballs. Like quite how they yeah. get people to, you know, there will undoubtedly be more eyeballs, but how they actually count them and get ads you sold, know, I don't know. I think I've actually seen this at a pub in in, in the UK. Really? Okay. Because I was watching a... You've been in a few, a, I've heard, Ian. Is apparently, that, yeah. Apparently. <laughs> it's never been proven. <laughs> uh, but there's a, there's a pub where we were watching a rugby match from uh-huh. what I can remember, and when, when the ads came on, they weren't the normal ads. They were like ads for the pub itself. Okay. Uh, and even at the time, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. They must have some, you know, their own feed of this or something. But I didn't realize maybe uh, it never occurred to me that, you know, there was some technology actually splicing in the ads. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, unless it's, you know, that much later that you hear everyone cheering the street and you go, hmm, nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always the worry. Well, I did go to a pub once where there was, uh, this was during the, uh, the football world cup where uh-huh. they had uh, one uh, one couple of TVs fed by the terrestrial network and a couple fed by sky or, yeah, satellite satellite, or something yeah. and uh, everything was like two seconds out from one to the other so you could hear when something happened on one yeah, and then I don't know if you were in Italy or something when that happened didn't you and there was um and oh, yeah, then the, yeah. I think the satellite guy switched from using MPEG-4 back to MPEG-2 because MPEG-4 introduced not just a satellite delay but an extra couple of seconds of buffer and encoding delay. Yeah. So it was, fact, I, it was I almost like 10 seconds different from the terrestrial guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so, the, the HD uh, MPEG-4 encoders need about 10 seconds worth of video to do anything useful with it. So yeah. it, uh, it's a big lag time when it comes to live sport, that's for sure. Yeah, good for betting fraud. Woohoo. Mm. Um, <laughs> So, um, moving swiftly on to content delivery. Um, Again, a bit UK-centric, but uh, Channel 4, who is the Mm -hmm. second largest commercial broadcaster in the UK, has put its, apparently its entire back catalogue online free of charge. So, uh, Mm. is that 4OD, yeah, dot com? That's right. So, if you're outside the UK, take a look if you can and let us know. (laughs) I would imagine you can't watch it, (laughs) Um, but... um, that's like 4,000 hours of archive content or 10,000 program title sets. How does, How does that work? Yes. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe it's the other way around. Well, I guess it's, your average show is uh, less than half an hour long because with the ads and stuff, I guess it's 26 minutes. That might add up. Mm, yeah. um, so that's pretty cool. I don't, I don't know why they would... I mean, would you have a commercial reason to do that? Maybe you just want to keep people on 4 D because you do... Well, keep the brand in, in front of people. Um, right. And you can pay for things on 4OD, but I guess they want to keep people stuck on. I mean, I eventually uninstalled my 4OD thing because it kept crashing my computer, but yeah. I presume they've fixed those sort of issues now. And I should check it out and see if I can watch those Yeah, they were a bit late programs. to the party, weren't they, anyway, I think, in this mm. environment. So it'd be interesting to see if they've changed the user experience. I might mm. bother looking at that, but uh, quite interesting. Um, What's the thing? You've got iPlayer, you've got SkyPlayer, you've got C, you've got Four OD. There's so many different places. In, yeah, in, exactly. Yeah, and that was some of the comments the um, that Google did a. Mm-hmm. Um, they've announced this YouTube uh, XL, which is a bit like the iPlayer big screen. Which, for those of you mm-hmm. in the UK, if you type in bbc.co.uk/slash/iPlayer/slash/big-screen, you get something a bit like the YouTube one. Um, right. So it's kind of big, big enough to watch on a TV from... Yeah, and I think YouTube, yeah, I was reading some other background material and it was talking about how they're 
they're a bit fed up with having to integrate, do special versions of YouTube for every single client. Mm. So they've said, mm. no, just here's the Excel one. Look at it in a browser mm. and it should be all right because um, they don't they don't want to do specials. Mm. Um, and they realize, obviously, they're quite popular, popular. And in some territories, they offer long-form content as well. So that's mm. quite interesting. Um, also, something new I spotted... Uh, on Ars Technica, uh, Epics, which is Lionsgate, Paramount, and NGM, mm-hmm. have joined to launch an HD television channel, which oh, yeah, that's cool. Basically, shows all their well, a lot of their recent films. Um, mm-hmm. And this, what I don't quite understand, is how this works. But they're basically launching. Uh, I guess they're saying it's like Hulu. We're mm-hmm. getting together, and it, there will be a it'll be a TV network channel quite whether that's broadcast on satellite or cable or whatever i'm not sure Uh, but if you get the channel you'll be able to also watch content online in hd as well quite how they kind of hook up the fact that you've got both i don't Mm. know and they're saying it's you know with i think it's without ads as well it's a bit bizarre is, I mean, okay, it remains so to be seen but uh, so they're basically creating a new TV channel and then providing it over IP as well oh, well right. as an on demand kind of thing in so, on demand sense right um, so yeah, that's cool maybe it will have ads who knows um, <laughs> well, well it's interesting I guess seeing movie studios going direct to consumer is uh, I mean these companies and we've seen in the music industry and yeah. typically you know don't have the right sort of mindset for dealing with millions of consumers there and mm. you know movie studios tend to sell to very small numbers of customers as in uh, you know a network of uh, movie distributors or um, people that can press and d- distribute their DVDs and so on so it'd be interesting yeah. to see how they I mean, go they have, I think Morgan Freeman did something mm, about that's right did something before but it's interesting just reading in this it says um, the chief digital office at Epics a guy called Emil Rensing said that watching films online will be a two-click experience with full support for 720p streaming. Two clicks. Wow. Eh? What does that mean? Does that mean click once to say I want to watch it and then watch the ad and click again? <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, so I guess there maybe there will be ads. Um, so what was his title? Chief Digital Officer. Chief Digital Officer. It was, it's not very good. Uh, mm. It's not very good. I guess it's officer. There's all sorts of funny things, aren't there? Um, so that's quite okay. interesting, the content delivery. Still, that's, you know, things, times are changing, as they say. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, mobile. Has there been any mobile news in this week? No, I heard something about some iPhones. Yeah, thing. and the Palm Pre. Don't forget that. Mm, and the Palm Pre. <laughs> so they've both been released this week, the new iPhone and the new Palm Pre. And, yeah. Uh, well, announced. I, think I guess the Palm Pre's been released and the, the iPhone 3GS. On the way. On the way. Which I did find one article which related, said the 3GS was something to do it's the best sex aid ever but I couldn't look <laughs> at it at work and I'm not sure yes I think it um, maybe does GS they thought it stood for G-spot or something but I don't know <laughs> I don't think it does and I suspect that was a, uh, a Rick Roller um, it could well be could well be uh, so it's a the iPhone the new iPhone's faster has more memory yep. has more functionality in terms of video and audio uh uh, processing it's got a compass in it uh, yeah. all sorts of it's got a yeah, video editing mm-hmm. um, bigger better faster badder but there's been no, quite a lot of reaction I think from people who bought the first one yeah. are essentially still locked into their contracts yeah, um, kind of great. and well you can but only if you give notice and pay off all that's owed on your existing well, contract and then costs. enter into a new contract so mm. 
seems a bit off and there's no been no word from the um how the the, the uh, I guess jailbreaking guys yet, and they're mm. saying they're holding off until it's actually released. So uh, mm. it won't hit the stores until next week, right? Uh, with the release of iPhone three point as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess the main thing is it's just twice as fast, allegedly. Which yeah, well, I mean, it's, which would uh, be good. I mean, there are times when the iPhone kind of sits there and goes, "Google, Google, Google, Google before right. it does anything useful." So yeah, that would be very nice to reduce that waiting time by half. That would be excellent. Mm. Mm. So uh, the other functions I don't think are, are as big a kind of uh, bigger deal as, as yeah. they're made out really. I mean, voice dialing is all very nice, but no one ever actually uses that, I don't think. Uh, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I thought the it's not just voice dialing, though. It's quite cool. You can say play all the songs by a certain artist and it'll do that. Yeah, so I'm going to be sitting in the tube with my iPhone and I'm going to say out loud to everybody, Hello. no, I don't think so. That's just not going to happen. Play more of that, you'll be saying. I'm going to press the play button. You know, <laughs> but I mean, I think the other thing is that the big news is, I guess, turn by turn voice stuff with TomTom. So if you... Uh, now, now there, there, cool. there is a good thing. Now, Depending on how much it costs. And I've heard rumors <laughs> exactly. that the... Um, it could be very expensive. The app, the app store can't charge more than $99 for an app, but that's got to be bogus because there was that guy who charged mm. 10000 bucks for yeah, an app. Exactly. Yeah. So. No, exactly. Um, so I think um, uh, I'm looking forward to that aspect because every time I go to the US where I drive quite a bit, I have a TomTom and yeah. I drag that around as well. It'll be nice if I can just pop my iPhone up on the uh, up on the dash and get it charged at the same time. Fantastic. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, you can look at all the, the stuff online. It looks, it does look quite cool. Um, mm. It wouldn't be loud enough in my experience, but uh, mm, I think but it, then it also has the Bluetooth speaker, streaming to your, your car hi-fi as well. That would be quite Ooh, cool. It's cool. got that, I think. Um, so yeah, it can do stereo, cool. uh, Bluetooth streaming, and also the tethering stuff as well. Although, yeah, the tethering is going to be handy because uh, yeah, but you have to pay extra for a data package for that. It's clearly there's a lot more remote control as well of the phone. Okay, so oh, they, that, the, actually, that was cool. We could um, go to web, go to the mobile me website and find out where in the world your phone is. Yeah, which where is, is it? And and shut it and wipe it. So there's quite a lot, and clearly yeah. the operators are able to turn on tethering or not based on mm-hmm. whether you're paying. But I'm sure some enterprising individuals will work out a uh, if you mm-hmm. jailbreak the phone to turn it on anyway. Yeah. So Very if cool. you can jailbreak 3.0, you probably won't be able to jailbreak a 3GS, but a, a standard 3 you will. And MMS <laughs> support as well. That was the other thing, if you didn't realize. Yeah, um, no, I don't see the point in that either, because if you can email a photo, why would you? Why would you bother? Because, you know, MMS works out, works via sending a special formatted SMS, which then tells the phone at the other end to go and pull this photo out of the internet anyway. So, uh, Well, no, that's unless you're both on the same network and have to support MMS and blah, 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 blah. That's no, no, no. If you, but even if, you're all, if, even if you're both on using MMS, standard MMS, the actual physical way it works is by uh, pulling, pulling the picture off an IP address. So... Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> what's of a the point? See, I mean MMS was only invented so that mobile phone companies could slip more, more money, money out of you. <laughs> <laughs> what's your MMS um, yeah well that's once you can email it why would you why would you funny pay enough they're not doing it, it for the good of the world are they it's all uh, it's uh, all no, about the money yeah. yeah exactly so that so, wasn't uh, all the mobile news no now this is a wacky one mm-hmm so, I mean, we know that uh, a lot of phones these days not least of which is the iPhone have accelerometers in them uh huh and uh, some of the uh, clever people kicking around the uh, Duke University in North Carolina have worked out that if you can uh, program it in the right way, you can get mm-hmm. uh, the iPhone to, uh, you can hold it like a pen and essentially write text in the air and then uh, use that to send text messages or write emails with. How 
cool is that? Yeah, quite cool. Um, <laughs> my handwriting isn't that good on a whiteboard, let alone if I'm <laughs> writing on a virtual whiteboard in the middle of the air. And how much of a fool would you look on the train doing that? <laughs> you would look very crazy. but uh, very crazy fool. I think, um, you know, you can see where this is going, where you could get to a point where you'd have... Uh, presumably a slimmed down actual pen that could record your writing or uh, even send text just by writing to yourself on uh, on a virtual piece of paper. But if you can do voice dialing or you can do, I mean, that's <laughs> the thing, next thing about voice control is you just yeah. do a voice text, send text, hi, yeah. how are you? In, in fact, I have, uh, I, I purchased my first uh, BlackBerry application, which was something called Vlingo. Right. And enables you to send emails and texts by speaking them okay uh, and it's using uh, instead of using voice recognition on the device what it does is kind of a bit like shazam it kind of packages it up and sends it off to a server and pulls it back what the answer is okay well uh, google so does that on the iphone doesn't the google search app all oh, right yeah when, yeah, you, know, so when you actually hold it, it does proximity when you hold it to your head uh, yeah, it, it asks right. you to say it very cool so um, so uh, this is you need thing for the blackberry so. <laughs> uh yeah never mind <laughs> well <laughs> so uh yeah interesting seeing uh seeing uh, different ways of interacting with mm. devices well and, who knows uh, what will catch on really i mean that's the uh, that's cool thing about it. exactly and uh your last story here james is about making things online yeah um no, I think I may, I may have said when I went to uh, Akihabara early in the year, mm-hmm. there was, uh, and this is now kind of pretty normal. It's basically, you can do 3D modeling using SketchUp, Google SketchUp or something. And basically, you can mm-hmm. then print to 3D and you can go, you submit your 3D uh, model online to uh, various people and, and have a look locally who will do it. It's more common in the US, Japan, but it's happening mm-hmm. kind of everywhere because basically you can buy a, a 3D printer now for under ten thousand dollars so people are setting up little cottage industries and print your thing they can make things yeah uh and i've found Mm. in the uk a company called jali.co j-a-l-i look in the show notes for the details they actually Mm -hmm. kind of take it one more level to go for furniture oh wow so i don't know if you've ever had um you know looked at getting some custom-built furniture uh, but it's very expensive. Um, so what okay, they do is they do quite a clever thing where it's it's made out of MDF, this stuff that you know mm-hmm. all IKEA type furniture is made of. But basically, it's all um, I guess it's laser cut, yeah, to your specifications. And they have an online design tool, and you can actually drag the actually you pick a design. And it could be like a bookcase, but if you want the bookcase to fit specifically in an alcove, you can measure right, it up so and then put in the dimensions online yeah. just by stretching it or entering them in. And, That's then, and it gives you a price immediately. They then mm-hmm. you submit it. They then collate all the designs to minimise the wastage of material and stuff. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you know, print it, and then uh, a week later send you wow. the kit. Basically, fantastic. That's um, great. Which is, uh, and they can do some quite intricate designs, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, and it seems uh, quite a cool. Presumably, service. that'd be given us all automated. Be much less cost than actually getting a carpenter to custom build you something yeah I, I think the clever part is probably the the bit where you avoid wastage yeah to make sure you optimise the use of materials and that mm-hmm. you know uh, but it sounds you know almost like no human interaction once you've got your algorithms right to align all the shapes up and stuff mm, um, fantastic so I think that that's going to catch on in this sort of um, mm. custom manufacturing it's been there for jeans and stuff for some time but they tend to be quite expensive mm. uh, whereas this in the furniture domain seems you know, nearer an Ikea-type price. 
Very cool. Well, Rather I need than... a new bookcase, so I might give that a go and see if I can... Yeah, I mean, you have to paint it off because that's the downside because it is uh, okay. just plain. <laughs> uh, but it would be cool if you had a funky pattern on it. So, take right, a look. Or if anyone's done that, any of our listeners, let us know. Yep, send us uh, a note at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yes. So, I guess that's about wraps it up. For, it wraps uh, it us up for uh, this week, James. Good to talk to you. And you, as ever. And uh, enjoy 109. Indeed. Well, it's goodbye from Ian. And goodbye from James. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.